Kia ora, ni hao, and hello. Welcome to the Chewy Journal podcast. I'm your host, Camille Yang. My guest today is Christine Chong. She is a neuroscience at heart and enjoys investigating consciousness through the Buddhist lens. Christine's work history continues to evolve, from researching the lab to biotech marketing to creating a delicious self-care tea for physical and mental health. To establishing a community for accelerating compassion. In today's episode, we discussed Asians in Western world, the connection between Buddhism and neuroscience, and how to stay true to yourself. I hope you enjoy this episode. So, before we started, would you mind share your journey, like how we met each other and、uh, your background stories? So, you and I met through the Rite of Passage、uh, cohort-based course that is led by David Perel and also、uh, by course director Will Manin.、Mm-hmm. And、um, to be honest, when I first signed up for the course, I thought that it's a Transformative business exercise to help me sell more tea. But what I came out of it was like, wow, this has been a life changing experience, and I feel like I have a better、um, integration of who I am as a person. So、um, I was wondering if that's what you felt as well. That was like. Way more than what we had expected. Exactly, because before I followed David Perel, the writing guy, for a long time, so、mm-hmm. I want to learn how、mm-hmm. to write online, how to get more engagement with my readers. But after taking his course, I, I do feel like wow. Is more than just writing technique. It's about the community、mm-hmm. and all the good people I met. Like for you, I just want to invite you on my podcast to talk about、uh, not just writing, but a lot of different、um, life stories and Buddhism. Because I, I see your writing, and I feel like wow.、Mm-hmm. I enjoy reading your thing. So yeah, as you mentioned, is is this like a life <laughs> transformation?、Course? Exactly, and it's very hard to convince people because I feel like people are like, "Wow, you're really oddly enthusiastic."、Um, are you doing okay? Is this a cult?、And、I'm like, yeah, well, in a way, yes, but it's a healthy cult, I think,、um, a very educational one for sure. And I think that one of my reasons for my kinship with you is based on my background.、Um, I'm definitely a third culture kid myself. I grew up. In Hong Kong, Indonesia, and Malaysia, and、um, mm-hmm. I grew up speaking、uh, Cantonese and a little bit of Mandarin.、Um, that's what my parents speak at home, and my brother as well. And、uh, I learned English when I was about starting about seven or eight. And、uh, the, the reason why I became more of a third culture kid is because I went to international schools growing up as well. But the reasoning is a little unexpected by a lot of people, I think. So I was in a Chinese education system in Hong Kong. It was a very strict public school.、Mm. And I was really behind on my homework all the time,、okay. <laughs> and so I was actually not that good of a great of a student.、Um, and so my dad thought that an international school would be so much easier because they don't have <laughs> as much homework there. <laughs> and so、um, it was actually because of my own like lack of academic ability that propelled me on this like life journey with like way too much education <laughs> on the back end now. And I feel like that has really like shaped my worldview, and I, I believe a lot of. Your listeners, I feel the same way. As a third culture kid, I think、uh, what I end up doing a lot is observing people a lot、um, because、mm-hmm. I'm exposed to a diverse group of people, from expats to、uh, multicultural countries like Malaysia, where there's Chinese, Malayan, Indians coexisting in harmony, and also Indonesia, where there was a lot of、um, conflict between cultures、mm-hmm. when I was growing up. So I think、um, just being able to witness a very heterogeneous like uh, 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 types of people has really taught me to、um, drawn out my interest of understanding why people are the way they are,、um, both positive and negative, and like trying to、um, almost be like a chameleon and learn to adapt and change who I am depending on who I'm interacting with in order to survive, right? Like、um, changing schools and having to meet new people every single time, like you have to learn like really quickly how to、uh, make friends with people, right? So I was wondering, is this something that resonates with you? Like this observation and people watching that you have to do? Yeah, I won't consider myself as a third culture kid because when I moved to New Zealand,、mm-hmm. it was in my adult year. 
but I still went through、mm. all the experience you just mentioned. I need to observe people, and I need to try to be included to their group. So I'm like like chameleon. <laughs> the, yeah, try to use different、uh, jargons or slangs when I deal with my Kiwi friends, and if I deal with other group of friends from different cultures, I need to learn their way of. Thinking or speaking, so I kind of feel lost of my identity, and I have this、um, multicultural identity. Sometimes I feel like, ah, am I crazy? Who am I? <laughs> <laughs> am I Chinese or Kiwi or American? Because since I watch a lot、mm-hmm. of American TV shows and movies when I grew up, so yeah, I do feel like I don't belong to anywhere, but I can belong to everywhere. But people won't accept me as、mm-hmm. one of them, since、um, I I have an Asian face. If I hang out with my Kiwi friends, they'll regard me as Chinese. But I don't like the typical Chinese in their mind. Yeah,、mm-hmm. so I, I do resonate this a lot.、Yeah. I was going to bring up how I feel like that's why rite of passage was really powerful. Because it was essentially you get the luxury of six weeks to examine the identity、mm-hmm. that you've built up and to you know maybe reconsider like is this really who you are and like you know what are the、yes. ways in which we can explore that through writing. So I found that really、um, helpful for myself. I do feel like、uh, people are more like global citizen in rite of passage. I don't know what、mm-hmm. what appeal them to join this course, but I do feel like when whenever I read other people's story, I feel oh yeah, they ha- share the same interests and、uh, hobbies like me. Because in my、mm-hmm. physical world, I don't have a lot of close friends because I always feel like I don't belong to here. <laughs> That's why I move around and try to find my tribes in physical world, but it's pretty hard.、Mm-hmm. In the online world, I feel wow, yeah, I can belong to every any group, and no one judge me based on my appearance. I can use pseudonyms to write anything I'm interested in and talk specific. Topics with a specific group, but in physical world, I find it's pretty hard because people always give you a stereotype, especially for Asians. I don't know if you live、mm-hmm. in America, you you will feel more about that. Oh, that's a really great question.、Uh, definitely so. I think,、uh, especially as someone who is not actually Chinese American, but people think I am because、mm-hmm. I. I guess I blend in enough.、Um, I feel like even、um, there's a, there's a cultural di-、uh, diversity even between me as an immigrant to America versus Asian Americans. Let alone if you grew、mm. up here in in America, you know. Yeah. So the stories the I hear、yeah. exactly they they have a very、uh, unique experience that I find、mm. like really fascinating, and sometimes I feel really sad. Because like I I can sense that if you truly grew up here in like the eighties、mm-hmm. and nineties, it must have been a quite a challenging time to be treated as a, a minority. Whereas like、um, in in my experience, like I'm lucky enough to have been Asian going growing up in an Asian country,、yes. <laughs> so it wasn't as jarring I think、um, compared to、uh, my friends' experiences.、Mm-hmm. Um, however, I think like. Practically speaking, right? I live in San Francisco Bay Area. <laughs> it, it's and I、um, in these like metropolitan countries,、mm-hmm. it isn't as、um, contrasting. But the moment,、um, so one thing is, me and my wife we like to go fishing and hiking in the outdoors in the rural areas.、Mm-hmm. And the moment you drive even two hours away from the city. It's a different country. Like you have, we have to be very careful in like not standing out too much,、um, you know, because like、um, the the rural, even rural California is very conservative.、Ah. So、um, I think like the we have to modify our behaviors and the way that.、Um, We interact with people. I try to, I try to sound more American,、yes. <laughs> and like you know, try to to, to try to blend in. So I think、um, it's almost like the mindset I have to、um, adapt to based on my understanding of the local people.、Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that like these other、um, rural places are bad or anything.、Mm-hmm. It's just that they have a different culture from my experiences of 
being in different cultures, I think it's out of respect that I want to mm-hmm. understand, like, you know, these are their values, like these are their um, beliefs, and maybe they're not the same as mine. But um, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in, you know, I'm in your your home, right? So I let me try to extend myself um, to be respectful. Mm. So when did you move to America? And how long have you been living there? Uh, I moved in, I think it was actually like, December 31st, 20, oh, sorry, 2003. So um, mm-hmm. it's been quite a number of years. Um, and I uh, went to the U.S. to uh, study uh, biological sciences at the time. Ah, yes. Yeah, and that was the beginning of my journey into uh, neuroscience. It, it, I want to say that I can tell you the story in retrospect, and it'll sound really logical, but at the time, it was much more random and serendipitous um, yes. in, my, in my approach. Uh-huh. Yeah, so um, I was a, a transfer student, didn't know anybody, and the first person I talked to um, in one of my classes was like, hey, I work in the lab, do you want to come check it out? And so um, while I was studying sciences, I didn't have a concept of what it's like to be a scientist or to do research at the time. Um, But through this friend introduction, I just literally showed up in the lab at 7 (laughs) a.m. and like observed. And then like they let me like watch how things are done. And eventually um, I was allowed to like touch things. Um, So it's almost like a medieval apprenticeship system. (laughs) That's how a lot of these scientific labs work. Um, So um, eventually I was able to learn um, exactly how scientific facts are generated and also um, the, the amount of hard work that's required in order to study a very specific scientific question and to start to get at some answers um, using the tools that we have. And so I think being exposed to working in a lab early on really encouraged me to continue the pursuit of science. But at the time, I didn't know what I wanted to study because biological sciences had so many elements. I see that in uh, retrospect, I was really driven to understand the motivation of people, Mm -hmm. right? And I thought, okay, the brain is where this motivation comes from. Um, This is something I should care about. Um, And so I, I think like, and also I had a this uh, professor who taught this class called Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. <laughs> and so I thought it, that sounded cool. Yeah. And it's actually about the neuroscience of all these okay. drives. So we would like do little psychology experiments where we'd like stare into our classmates' eyes for like five minutes to see if that increased bonding. Um, it was a very like, um, I don't know, memorable because I still remember this person I stared at all, after all these years. Um, and we watched movies like Train Spotting, which is about heroin oh, yeah, addicts in Scotland, it. you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know, and I was like, wow, there's like so much that we don't understand about the brain. You know, what can I do to start to dig at like a tiny piece of that understanding? Mm-hmm. And so uh, through that, I was um, uh, given the opportunity to uh, work with a really fantastic um, professor who um, studied the white matter of the brain. Uh, so I think a lot of us, like we know about neurons, which are brain cells um, that are that almost yeah. like um, wires in the brain, right? And um, the white matter is the insulation around the wires. And, that, and they actually work really closely together for our brain to work. And so in diseases like multiple sclerosis, the white matter becomes damaged by immune system. And that causes a lot of um, unfortunate effects. So um, that's what I ended up studying for my graduate school. And um, and through this, I was able to at least have a, a really good baseline foundation of the hardware, like that's underlying mm-hmm. a lot of how our mind works. Um, and I feel like that's what um, gave me a good foundation. Though <laughs> I want to say, have you seen the movie Jiro Dreams of Sushi? No, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> you haven't? Okay, so it's a Netflix documentary oh, okay. about a um, sushi restaurant. Um, and like the, the main character is Jiro, who is a very strict like sensei type mm-hmm. who was teaching his sons how to do everything. Mm-hmm. And it's the kind of place where you're not allowed to touch the rice until you can work there for like, you know, many, many years. Mm-hmm. So that was the kind of system I grew up under where it was like, you know, very like, strict mentorship of like you know being in the lab all the time and like Mm -hmm. um really spending um i would say a a lot of like mental power trying to be very rigorous in how we study science a lot of these factors came together and i was just really i was really lucky to be in the right place at the right time in order to um, pursue these studies another aspect 
the of why I was motivated to study that I rarely talk about is that um, my uh, my dad had a stroke when I was really really young. It's not actually so. The the easy answer is like my dad had a stroke. I wanted to understand how the brain works so that I can make him better or something like that, right?、Mm-hmm. But the real truth, I think,、um, which is something that we all like to avoid talking about, is in a way that showed me one of the four messengers、uh, that's discussed in Buddhism really early on, which、mm-hmm. is like the messenger of like、uh, illness. Um, old age and death, right? I feel like being exposed to seeing how my dad was really ill and the amount of suffering that caused for the family and all of that made me want to understand, like, okay, how do we how do we avoid this? Like, yeah, this yeah. seems to be like a lot of pain, right?、Um, yeah. So, so I think that is the true underlying reason why I'm like, okay, like I, I'm very lucky to be exposed to having really like. Ill, like you know, parent from a young age, and I wanted to like understand. Okay, what what can I do like to alleviate suffering when it's so close? Do you feel it's、uh, like kind of like your calling? Because you know, sometimes we make some decision,、mm-hmm. then later on we use our rational mind to put the meaning behind、yeah. that. <laughs> like when I moved to the UK, I just feel like yeah. I need to go there. I don't have any rational reason. But when people ask me, I'll say,、mm-hmm. "Oh, UK has more opportunities. I, I love football. It will. It's like dream come true. Blah blah blah." But for me, when I made that decision, I never thought about that. What opportunities? What my hobby? I just feel like I need to go there. Same as when I moved to the Portugal, people say, "Oh, why you moved to Portugal?"、Mm-hmm. I said, "Ah, here is my reasons. Portugal is the、uh, is the most popular digital nomad destination." <laughs> But when I move here, I just feel like, "Oh, I I need to go there."、Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if、um, it's the same as when you pick up neuroscience because you see some signs in your life, like your father and. Like your friend in,、uh, invite you to the lab, it's just some signs calling you. I know it sounds like crazy, <laughs> but、uh, I don't know what's your interpretation for those things.、Mm-hmm. Gosh, I, that completely resonates with me, and I also have this hesitance to discuss it because I think people <laughs> will think it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. superstitious, and、uh, but I I think through. My whole life, I'm kind of like intuitive person. Yeah, I like to follow my intuition. I、mm-hmm. I like to observe my life. Then, if there are some signs show up, I'll follow、mm-hmm. it. Right. I don't know what exactly. What's the neuroscientific explanation for that? <laughs> oh gosh, I don't think I can come up with a neuroscience explanation. But just to add an observation, <laughs> I have observed that my、mm-hmm. friends fall. Pretty cleanly into two types. It's either people who can just make a decision, or people who、um, mm. spend quite a lot of time wavering between decisions. It's just not considered either a strength or a weakness. I think it's like depends on situation. But I'm definitely the kind of person where I, when I decide to do something, I'll do it. Like there's no like hesitance involved. Yeah,、um, yeah, yeah. Which you know, I guess can be good or bad.、No. I think like sometimes <laughs> I, I wish I gave it things a bit more thought.、Um, but it is like it does save a lot of like hesitating <laughs> time, I suppose.、Um, and I feel like that is what I see as almost like the intuition. Like it, it shortcuts me into a decision. <laughs> There is some studies、um, that's done by、um, Antonio Damasio,、um, who's a neuroscientist, on how.、Um, Decision making is fundamentally tied to、uh, emotional regulation.、Mm. So they did studies where、um, there are these people who, because of neurological damage, they have no emotional responses that are common to all of us. And one way it, we can measure emotions physically is through skin conductance, and that's where you、um, kind of like put an electrode on skin. And then, like because of our sweating、mm. and and other responses, there's actually a change、mm. in the、uh, conductance of the skin, and that's one way you can infer an emotional response. And so, for people with like、um, neurological damage,、um, they don't have this response. And when you ask them to play like a poker game or something where decision making is really important, they can't decide between the cards.、Mm. And so, I do wonder if like something that I sometimes see as a as a weakness is I I get a little emotional sometimes. 
but maybe yeah. that really helps me to just make a decision because they're all connected. Yeah. You know, yeah. I recently listened to a podcast. It's called Infinite Loops. Oh yeah, they talk about the hero journey. The Joseph Campbell's mm-hmm. book about hero journeys. The hero. Get the calling, then he conquered all the difficulties, then he defeated the monster, then he bring back the truth, share with others. Mm-hmm. But uh, from that latest episode, they talk about actually the hero journey is the journey between your left and the right hemisphere. Let your intuition or creative mind defeat your rational mind, then makes the decision. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but uh, yeah, I highly recommend people to listen to that episode Mm -hmm. between the host, uh, James O'Shaughnessy with Tom Morgan. This very interesting episode. I've been resonating a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. I really love that analogy. Yeah, okay, that's a that's a really visual analogy there. And I, I read your blog entry in Chinese, ah, right? You, you recently wrote, yeah, wrote yeah, it. Yeah, to be I, honest, yeah. I don't understood ten percent of it because my Chinese reading is very slow. Um, but yeah, like thanks for the recommendation. I definitely want to listen to it. And I feel like uh, again, that's where where the passage gave me that permission. Because mm-hmm. I feel like for the first time, I have a framework to use creativity to, uh-huh. to start to explore the different parts of my subconscious, you know? Ah, yeah. So, so when did you start your Buddhism practice? My memory of this is quite fuzzy because I feel I've been exposed to it from childhood, right? Because growing up in Asia, there yes. is like a, the Chinese kind of Buddhism. Yeah, yeah. yeah which is mm-hmm. very different. So that's um, because... Every culture adapts Buddhism in their own way. Um, the Chinese type is much more of like almost like seeing Buddha as a deity, and there's a lot of like worship and a lot of like you know bison type of <laughs> type of Buddhism that I was exposed to. Um, but only when I came um, to the uh, United States and um, I began to read more about studies, uh, not studies, uh, about writings by uh, Thich Nhat Hanh and um, a lot more of these like more attuned to the Western mind type of Buddhism, which is um, a lot more focused on meditation, maybe even more of the study of the Buddhist suttas, which are the original writings documenting the Buddha and his disciples. Um, that gave me a, a much more interest in studying Buddhism because I feel like um, with the, I think the benefit of the Western form of Buddhism is that um, there is a lot of uh, more emphasis on the practical and experimental aspects of um, the practice itself, and less so on like the um, mystical and the, the the rites and rituals that's associated with Buddhism that came with the Asian cultures. Of course, there's a balance. I think like now we're kind of swinging back. There's like mm. chanting and things are actually coming back into like Western Buddhism. Um, but I think like um, it, it gave me almost like a fresh yeah. lens to understand like, oh, this like Buddha person was an actual person and that, you know, he he like did a lot of experimental uh, experimentation himself with his life in order to uh, get at what he determines to be the most efficient steps mm-hmm. to lead us to um, freedom. Do you have any daily routines on practicing Buddhism or meditation yeah and i would definitely love to learn your routine and your uh, latest explorations yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> one thing you listeners will, will probably know that like Camille prepared the wonderful list of questions for me to pre-think about um a very great journalist for sure um so when i was thinking about routine i wanted to kind of explain more about where I even get this information from because I think like when we say Buddhism like it can mean so many different things depending on Mm -hmm. who you consider your teacher Mm -hmm. yeah which um, um, particular branch of Mm -hmm. Buddhism you're talking about Uh, so the one that I have the most affinity for is what's called Theravadan Buddhist tradition and that's um what's considered the original branch though i think um it isn't like it's historically still um quite studied so um the idea is this branch like really relies on the original writings um that document the the buddha and his disciples and so uh one thing i i wanted i was really excited to share with people about as an analogy is 
it's almost like the Buddha and his disciples had a PKM, personal knowledge management system, um, even back in the day, because like <laughs> they they lived in a world where it's all only oral tradition, right? There was no writing when the Buddha was alive. Yeah. But like many years after he died, um, a lot of the monks and nuns at the time were like, hey, we better write this stuff down. <laughs> Um, so that we can all have like an official record. And so they had a huge conference, like an ancient South by Southwest, where they all gathered. And it was so hard for them to travel in India at the time. There's no roads. They're like slogging through mud. They're like, okay, we got to get together and write it all down. And like, luckily, because they have such training in the oral tradition, like they were able to corroborate a lot of the stories that were told so that um, it is like quite a, an official source of what the Buddha really said. Mm-hmm. And so through that, um, we're able to have a lot of these um, teachings that um, people are, might be common, uh, like might know about, which is like Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, mm. and a lot of these like lists, right? Of like here, like here's mm. a list of things that you can do um, in order to um, lead your life towards enlightenment. And so um, for me, one teacher that really resonates with me is called Ajahn Brahm. Um, he is a British monk who lives in Australia. And um, he's a student of um, Ajahn Chah, who's a very renowned um, Thai practitioner. He since passed away. This is like many, many years ago. Um, But he was um, very well respected because he, um, back in the day, Thailand's Buddhism, unfortunately, because of many years of corruption, it became much more, um, you know, became a power hierarchy situation. Um, You know, a lot of like superstitions involved in like, you know, casting out demons, that sort of thing. But then um, Ajahn Chah kind of brought back this revival of like, hey, you know, we should live in the forest. We should, you know, live off only um, donations from people and take as little as possible and just like practice uh, meditation and just live a very simple life. And so this is actually uh, a turning point in which the uh, original Buddhism became a little bit more revived mm. um, as opposed to um, like practicing more as a, as a ritual, per, uh, which is what's more common at the time. And so like Anaja Brahm kind of like made it understandable for me because like, you know, he's a, a Westerner and he understands yeah. the Western mindset and how to reframe mm-hmm. a lot of these um, ancient Buddhist, uh, Buddhist teachings. So, um, for example, the Four Noble Truths usually sounds really depressing because the first one Mm. is like, they're suffering, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, And here's the causes. Exactly. And I feel like, oh, that doesn't appeal to the modern day, right? (laughs) But like, for example, um, Ajahn Brahm, he reframed it as, let's just say, let's just say the third noble truth goes first, happiness, peace. And then go to the fourth one, which is like, here's the path. And that's the eightfold path of which there are like eight categories of practices you can do. And then let's go to like, you know, the inherent dissatisfaction of life and what's the cause. And so like uh, in summary, the cause is, um, is known as like clinging, right? Where we're trying to, we're too attached to certain viewpoints or yeah. wanting the world to be a certain way. And like the whole Eightfold Path is designed to let us, help us let go of all these attachments so that we can arrive at peace. So I think like that um, has really benefited me. And um, when you mentioned meditation routine, the original question, I wanted to bring up the Eightfold Path because I see meditation as one aspect mm, of um, the Buddhist practice. Yeah. yeah and there's like um, a lot more I, I personally need to work on, <laughs> like, um, for example, like skillful speech, like, you know, um, or like livelihood. And like, there's a lot more that um, I think is really important for like a complete view of Buddhism mm. that I'm starting to explore myself. Because I think a lot of these like, even the words and language of the past are uh, a little tricky to relate in modern times. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to understand how to make it more relatable to myself as well. Wow, great. I read a book called Why Buddha is Truth. Yeah. I think it's uh, explain the, the connection between the Buddhism and uh, neuroscience. I find it's very fascinating. Yeah, tell me more. Which part um, resonates with you the most? Yeah, because before when people mention Buddhism, people pro- probably mm-hmm. think about it's a religion and the people just uh, practicing all the like reincarnation or karma, this kind of non-rational thinking thing. But mm-hmm. uh, from that book, he didn't. The writer didn't mention those 
kind of unrealistic thing, but more focused on the、mm-hmm. neuroscience background.、Mm-hmm. So I think through it's quite like、um, explain the advantage of meditation. Like through meditation, you kind of clear your mind and get your neurons、mm-hmm. in your brain connected together. Then you have a clear thinking. Yeah, I, I highly recommend this book, and I also、mm-hmm. want to know your perspective on the connection between Buddhism and neuroscience. Gosh,、uh, I've heard this book recommended by many people. I think <laughs> whenever I mention neuroscience and Buddhism, they they directly they always mention this book.、Um, there's another great book called The Buddhist Brain as well. I I think of like、um, neuroscience、yeah. as understanding the hardware, and like Buddhism kind of、oh, gives you a little bit about the software. So I feel like in in that sense,、um, the the reason why I I've kind of like. I went from like science to like being really into spirituality was because、um, I felt that the questions that posed by Buddhism are more direct in answering the the root causes of of, of suffering and like or like how to reach、yeah. happiness if we reframe it more positively.、Um, so、uh, so in that aspect, I feel like、um, they can be very complementary.、Mm. So like for me personally, I. I find that like to me finding out that there is some neuroscience evidence that meditation is good for you is okay. <laughs> I think it's like it, it's very tough for me because I'm like、um, in understanding how scientific data is generated.、Um, I feel like if you look for something, you will find some evidence、mm. for it,、um, and and I think it's really powerful. I think we need to like get at the, some relationship between the two、um, fields, right? Um, but I feel like for me,、um, it, it is much more、um, about the Buddha and how he framed everything as evidence based.、Mm. So when、um, there's a, a pretty famous sutta where、um, he,、uh, which is a historic record of of him going to this、um, village where the people, <laughs> there, there were like a lot of different spiritual teachers. So the Buddha was one of many、yeah. at the time. And they were like, "Hey, like you're like the umpteenth spiritual teachers come by. Like how do how do we know who's real, who's not? It's a very practical question, right?" <laughs> so、um, the, the Buddha broke it down as like, "Hey, you know, you shouldn't believe me because I'm famous, you know, because like,、um, you know, because there's some like documentation or something."、Um, and, and so,、uh, and he really, really pushes for like. You know,、mm-hmm. like here's what I recommend you do. Like, you know, you can meditate, you can contemplate, and and do all these things, and you decide. Like, does this make your life better? And so, like in in defining that, he's saying like, hey, does it lead you to cling less to unwholesome thoughts? Right? Like, are you um, more um, liberated in in、um, in ways、uh, in like、uh, from negative emotions? So it's sort of like you know your his、uh, practice is almost like he's a doctor or a scientist who's like hey you know like I、mm. here's、uh, like I actually I can't directly tell you what's wrong with you because like I think we all come from so many、mm. different、um, perspectives and like so our like life background and all of that but like he, he just provides you with so many tools of like you know here are some things that might be、um, imp- impeding your ability to focus and concentrate you know. Like、um, here are some、um, here are some potential causes as to your unhappiness. Like, why didn't you think about that? Try it for yourself and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> so I think like that's a relationship I see is more useful in that like the Buddhism doesn't require you to believe in like an afterlife、mm-hmm. or like、um, you know all of these like other elements.、Um, You can. It is very useful、um, if you were to adopt that framework sometimes, but you don't need to. All you need to do is like take the time and try it out and see if it makes your life better. So, speaking of experimentation, I would love to learn more about your recent explorations in the past. Ah, yes, <laughs> yeah. I recently did、um, <laughs> plant meditation <laughs> retreat. It's called.、Mm-hmm. San Pedro,、mm-hmm. so it's a kind of、uh, similar as、uh, ayahuasca retreat, but it's mild and is they they call San Pedro as grandpa plant retreat, but ayahuasca is a grandma. So you can say grandpa is more like mild, very gentle, and、uh, always spoil spoil you. This kind of character, but grandma can be very harsh sometimes. So that's how ayahuasca is very strong <laughs> and strict. 
and but、uh-huh. uh, St. Pedro is more、uh-huh. mild, and you know you are in physical world in your reality when you had this experience.、Uh-huh. So I had two trips in four days. My first trip, well, I feel like I, I was a Buddha.、Uh-huh. <laughs> I see millions and billions years.、Uh-huh. Passing by in front of my eyes、wow. is like all the civilizations、mm-hmm. and all the beautiful geometric fractal in front of my yeah, just a beautiful pattern. Yeah, yeah. actually, if you don't mind,、um, for、mm-hmm. my own knowledge, how do you ingest or partake in this in this plant? Do you smoke it? Do you eat it? <laughs> like, how、oh, you drink it? Okay,、yeah. it's like a tea. Yeah. Oh, okay. But what does it taste like? Ah,、uh, it tastes like awful. <laughs> <laughs> you know that, that's what I've heard about ayahuasca too.、Yeah. That, like, a lot of these like plant products don't taste good. No, it's、um, like Chinese medicine. I don't know if you ever、oh, had Chinese medicine、yeah. before, but yeah, when、yes. I was little, I I eat a lot of ice cream, so my stomach、mm-hmm. got some yeah problem with my stomach. So my mom sent me to the hospital to drink that Chinese medicine. Or、oh, every time I drink it, I just、mm-hmm. throw up because it's so bad. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. So this Saint Pedro、yeah. is kind of compared with Chinese medicine. I think. It is better, actually. So I don't mind it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you drink it, then、oh, wow. it takes you about two to three hours to get the infection、mm-hmm. from the the medicine. So you start to have your trip.、Mm-hmm. It's around twelve hours. The whole trip is quite a long day. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I feel yeah. like I was living like a billion years on that one day because I see so many. Is, yeah,、mm-hmm. so many beautiful colors, patterns, and it's like computer-generated、mm-hmm. patterns. Oh wow! Yeah, were you given a guide、uh, in the process, or was it in the in the group setting? And、um, not really. We got three people participate in this private、mm-hmm. retreat. So the other two, they need the guide.、Mm-hmm. Because they they went through some personal problems,、oh, they had a very hard time. I can, I can hear them screaming and crying.、Oh. But、uh, I was like extremely happy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I went on the yeah I went to see there is a platform on the hill, so I see the whole valley,、mm-hmm. the village in front of my yeah in front of me. And、uh, yeah, just enjoy myself there. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> so, what motivated you to go? It sounded like those other people wanted to resolve an issue, and they were using the plant to help them through that. So, I was wondering, like, what was your motivation? I'm just super curious about it. I never tried the、mm-hmm. psychedelic before, so that's、oh, okay. Yeah, that's my first psychedelic experience. Wow. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, because before I tried、mm. so many meditations and religions. I even wrote an article、mm-hmm. about everything I tried before. So this is kind of want to try and experience what's the difference.、Mm-hmm. But I see people、uh, talk about it. Psychedelic can help you see the vision or see your purpose.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm very curious about that.、Mm-hmm. Then I had a very good trip on my first day, but on my second day, I feel it's more on personal level. It's more like I see in my past life.、Oh. I was jumping around the different time timeline, different、yeah. countries.、Mm-hmm. I even see myself riding horse in the desert,、oh, wow. or sitting in some countryside house.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting experience. Yeah,、mm-hmm. but on my second day, I didn't feel that peace or love. On second day, I more feel like a rage, or I, I do see my dark side <laughs> on my second trip. Oh, it's quite interesting, very、yeah. fascinating. Thank you for sharing all of this because I understand that <laughs> no the, problem. These trips can be、yeah. a little personal. Yeah, I'm wondering、um, through these experiences,、um, do you have like new life intentions or realizations that you are pulling through? Because <laughs> I've always wondered, like.、Um, Uh, like how, because、uh, having been in these sort of states before, sometimes it feels like you can't bring it with you.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I、true. mean? It's like, oh, it was at that time, and I can remember what happened, but、um, it's harder for me to like action on it. And it's,、yeah, it, felt,、yeah. it feels like I, I watched a movie almost. 
So I was wondering, like, you know, whether you were able to like bring it with you to act on in the future. Yeah, I do feel like that's such a profound beauty and peaceful mindset. I was like, oh my god, I need to live live in it for the rest of my life, but、uh, it's not possible. So、mm-hmm. after one week, I kind of feel like, okay, that is not the reality I'm in. Because my physical world is my real reality, I need to come back to life.、Mm. So it reminds me、yeah. about the famous Buddha saying, like when you see the mountain first time, you see the mountain. Then the second time, you see the mountain is not like a mountain.、Mm-hmm. But、uh, the third time, when you see the mountain, it is、mm-hmm. a mountain. So I feel like after that experience. I see everything, although there are still the thing I see before. But since my perspective is changed, so I see everything is different now.、Mm-hmm. I do feel like I can connect all the doors、mm-hmm. from my childhood to my current life together through that psychedelic experience. Because I see what's inside me. I feel like I find my purpose. Because.、Mm-hmm. I know my purpose before, but I'm not that clear、mm-hmm. through this psychedelic experience. I do feel like all the doors connected together.、Mm. Yeah, wow. So I'm a very spiritual person before,、mm-hmm. and、uh, you know the society will see. Oh, because I, I always follow my intuition. People will judge me. Oh, you don't use your rational mind, or blah blah blah.、Yeah. And I make up a lot of rational description to just share with people. Okay, that's how I make decision. But、uh, the truth is, I didn't follow that rational decision first. This all the makeup. This all the stories. Right. So I I feel like I I do need to more follow my authentic self. I don't need、mm-hmm. to use the rational decision to just、uh, clarify myself or. I need to prove to others I do use my rational mind to live. I, I really love the story, and I'm I'm so glad you had a great experience. <laughs> I, I do recommend people to try, <laughs>、mm-hmm. but if you do have an issue, I think you need to be more prepared or cautious about it. Yeah, the other two people they do went through a lot. I can feel their pain. <laughs> yeah, they're crying and screaming.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's quite painful experience、oh, for them. I see. Mm. Yeah, thank you for、mm. <laughs> adding all these caveats too. Because that's how I feel.、Um, even with、um, things like meditation, I feel like、um, right now、mm-hmm. it's it's in the West where it's pushed as like the cure for everything. It's like if any life problems,、yeah. you just have to meditate and sit there, and then magically you'll feel better. <laughs>、um, but I think like that doesn't、um, account for like mental health issues.、Um, some of these like meditation、mm-hmm. practices, even like going on like multi day retreats, right? If you're not、um, you know in a mentally healthy place,、mm-hmm. I think、um, we all have to be really cautious and make sure that we have good guides and teachers、yeah. who are like trained to handle a lot of these.、Um, Um, issues that might arise. True.、Um, and for me, I feel like trying to understand the relationship between, like,、um, uh, for example, like in the rare occasion that I'm able to、uh, have a deep meditation, right? I feel like、um, I can access a, a little bit of like some of the items that you've talked about. But I feel like you know the the question is like, what can I? What can we all do, right? To Share a lot of these like realizations without sounding like a crazy person,、um, <laughs> and also not to set people up for an expectation. Yeah, because、yeah, I、true. feel like that's the、yeah. issue with both like psychedelic aided and also just like、mm-hmm. pure meditation, right?、Mm-hmm. Um, I think like the the more what I'm really cautious about is like the more I tell people is like, hey, you know, these are the benefits.、Mm-hmm. It's like. In I feel in both cases, the more you want it, the more you don't get it. Exactly. It's like okay, then、yeah. that's the awkward part of like letting go of expectations that need to occur、um, in order to、um, to for us to be able to really explore our true selves. Yeah, very good point. Because、um, before I took that、um, San Pedro, the teacher asked us,、mm-hmm. "What's your goal? What's your expectation for this、uh, trip?"、Mm-hmm. And the other two, they mention some, yeah, their secret or dark side, so they want to overcome.、Mm-hmm. And when the teacher asked me, I said, 
I just want to surrender. I have an open mind. I don't have any expectation for any for anything.、Ah, so that's how、mm-hmm. I got the most profound experience. Very interesting. Even、mm-hmm. for meditation, every time I see, oh my god, I need to go into that deep state of meditation. I never had it, but I just、yeah. I just sit there <laughs> doing nothing. Oh, then I got the、mm-hmm. yeah great meditation session. It's very interesting for sure. Because I see you are running a course about the combine the neuroscience and your Buddhism practice together. Can you tell me more about?、Uh, This project. Oh sure.、Um, so the、uh, the course or、uh, the the community that we would like to build、um, is called、uh, Compassion Accelerator.、Mm-hmm. So compassionaccelerator.com,、mm-hmm. and、um, we actually we we named it somewhat facetiously, right? Because my me and my co-founder we're in the tech Bay Area,、oh. <laughs> and we see like there's all these like tech startup accelerators <laughs> and like biotech accelerators,、yeah. and even like for building a course, right? There is Maven, the course accelerator,、mm-hmm. um, and we thought like, what about compassion and kindness? What <laughs> we can accelerate these like good. Qualities in people,、mm-hmm. um, and and I feel like our goal is to really、um, almost like give ourselves permission to think about these topics.、Yeah. I think like many of us, like especially in the corporate world, like you know we're thinking about KPIs and all of these like um, um, the things that benefit the company, right? And like, however,、uh, paradoxically. Um, I don't think companies can succeed unless the、uh, employees are able to、um, do their best work.、Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, there is a lot more work involved in like understanding our own authentic selves and to be able to、um, identify our personal goals、mm-hmm. um, and not the ones that we're conditioned to think about. And I feel like it's this, like almost like peeling an onion or like、mm-hmm. unfurling of the lotus flower, right? Like we have to be able to begin to examine our identities and to be able to get at the core of of, of our values. And so,、um, based on like my experience of like being a, a third culture kid and like people observed like diverse、um, identities and putting them on, I can see that hey, like a lot of these identities they are、mm-hmm. created, they're artificial. And、um, it's similar to that um, um, writer, the the Pessoa, right? Like he's writing under so many pseudonyms, and so do you, right? Like we can see identities are things to play with,、um, but yet I think like that is not something that you would do. Even like in a, in a corporate world, especially, but even online, like where we're trained to be like, this is my personal brand. I am about science and spirituality, but that's like still it's a it's like a like a game, right? At the end of the day, so I feel like、yeah. um, what I've learned through,、um, for example, write a passage is that like writing can be a tool for you to start examine these uh, um, uh, levels of subconscious identities that we're all holding and to be able to unfurl them so that we can disentangle. And to get at, arrive at a truer identity、mm-hmm. of ourselves. So, like that is、um, what me and my co-founder are really interested in solving: is to、um, be able to be culturally sensitive and help, especially people of Asian descent,、uh, begin to examine these values. Because、um, I don't know about you, but like I grew up in a family that's very focused on survival. You know, you gotta make the money, you gotta like, <laughs> you know, do all these things. But there's not a lot of time or room for like. Thinking about reality and like,、mm. um, like, and and also like, you know, what is truly the path to happiness. And so、um, that's something that we really want to understand.、Um, and and、um, I would like to be able to use neuroscience and writing and mindfulness practice to begin to support people、um, in this way. And、uh, my co-founder,、um, her name is Christine Wong, a Kwong, which is very confusing to a lot of people. Very similar to my name, Kristen Chong. So she teaches、uh, interpersonal dynamics at Stanford for MBA students. It's a, that itself is also a very life changing course,、mm-hmm. um, but、um, they use a lot of very、um, well practiced techniques、um, to improve interpersonal、um, communications, and they also do a lot of inward reflective practice through journaling.、And、this is one that I joke about quite a lot with my co founder and I in our daily communications.、Um, there's this concept called crossing the net. Have you heard of it? Crossing the net, no. So、uh, it's the idea that it's almost like we're playing like a game of tennis or badminton or something, and I start to play on your side of the court、mm-hmm. um, oh, instead of my own、yeah. side, and it's the idea that I'm assuming that、uh, I know what you're going to、mm-hmm. think. So. 
for example, since we work on so many projects together, I sometimes I'll say like, mm-hmm. ah, you're going to think this is such a stupid idea, but blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I'm already like caveating what I'm going to say to her um, because like of my own fears, right? I'm like, oh, I just, you know, I'm so scared that this is not a good idea that I'm going to assume that she thinks that. But this actually creates a lot of micro friction in the way that we relate to other people. So, um, you know, and that's like, and that's also like I'm damaging myself, right? Like I'm like not confident in myself enough to be mm-hmm. able to just express my ideas, so it's like catching all of these like subtle verbal things that we do yeah. when we relate to other people so that in a way we can understand that, hey, there is this like weird like subconscious <laughs> path that I'm taking in my mind about how I'm communicating with people. And can I resolve that so I'm not like carrying this burden all the time, you know? So mm-hmm. um, we feel like, you know, because we're such like self-development nerds, like <laughs> we've been exposed to a lot of these like different techniques and we want to be able to like distill it down for an audience that like don't have the time or the inclination to explore all of these crazy things that you can do to understand yourself um, and to be able to put together like a, a neat little package to do that. Um, but I think first of all, like we would like to um, figure out like mm-hmm. it like you know, what, uh, is this something of interest to people? Like, is this something that, um, and to be able to understand, like, from the use of, like, the customer perspective, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. if you're a person of Asian descent, like, have you ever experienced, like, like subtle difficulties in the workplace mm-hmm. where, um, you know, you find that it's harder to communicate, like, what you really think because of your cultural background? Or um, is there, like, some sort of cultural conditioning mm-hmm. of, like, you know, needing to be like financially successful, et cetera, and like not being able to address what you truly feel is your calling. So um, with that, if you go to um, compassionaccelerator.com, we have like an email form, but essentially I'll get notified and I'll definitely reach out to you to understand your perspective. Ah, So it's uh, at the early stage at the moment, then Mm -hmm. what's your plan for this accelerator is a is a cohort based course or (laughs) yes so um as you and i have both like experienced the cohort based format is so fantastic right for building community yeah love it yeah Yeah. (laughs) i think like you know this is definitely the next generation and how we are Mm -hmm. all going to learn as adults um Mm -hmm. it's like this cohort based format where um there's an intimate community and then you Mm -hmm. do the exercises together um there's uh, use of technology um such as zoom and other like um uh, communication platforms for um high levels of interaction through a, a shorter period of time Time, rather than in comparison to like MOOCs, right? The massive online mm-hmm. courses where, you know, I don't know about you, but I've signed up for a lot of these online courses and haven't done Same. them. So <laughs> I need that accountability. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're signing up for uh, Maven's uh, course accelerator program um, that's running mm-hmm. in from January to February to develop the exact syllabus. Um, and in the oh, meantime, yes, yes, exactly. So, um, and there's quite a few of us from Rite of Passage who are on this path right now. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, we, we just want to spread the love. We're like, we learn so much. We just want more people yeah. to be able to experience it, right? Mm-hmm. So um the, so we're expecting um to start a cohort um in the first quarter of 2022. But in the first mm-hmm. place, we just want to know people and like make mm-hmm. more friends um so that we're building something that people are actually find useful um in their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll put the link in the show notes so people can go have a look and apart from this one you also run a tea company mm-hmm. can you share with me more about this this project yeah so i alluded to that's the the reason why i signed up for rite of passage in the beginning was like, <laughs> i have a friend um who sells coffee actually oh, i'm yes. gonna name drop his coffee because i think it's so awesome it's called new wave <laughs> coffee n-o-o-w-a-v-e um oh. and um, it's coffee with uh, l-theanine in it and a raw cacao for productivity and creativity so I highly recommend his product. Um, and he's able to like really hone in on his niche because he was one of the early Rite of Passage students. Oh, um, his name is Greg that. Frontiero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I consider him my mentor and yes. also a, a good friend. Um, and he was like, you should do Rite of Passage, man. Like, like it's really good like for you to find out how to market. Um, and so, and it's funny because... Um, 
my co-founder and I, we developed um, Honey Ritual Tea. So if you go to honeyritual.com, um, as a uh, the first Ooh, Asian wellness tea that comes with inspiring self-care rituals based on mindfulness. So it was a, an amalgamation of everything we wanted to share about like our interests. Um, so uh, one thing is like, you know, we're in, of course, like we're both like um, mm-hmm. of Asian descent and we're like, you know, like a lot of people in America don't mm-hmm. know the benefits of Baoyang, which is like this like idea of self-care from a <laughs> Asian uh, perspective, right? Of like yeah. um, eating foods that are nourishing and to be able to understand like your body types and how to like eat foods that are balancing and like not like um, causing for example, heatiness, which the closest Western analog be inflammation, right? So, but there are not a lot of products out there. And even then there's this connotation that, you know, traditional Chinese medicine is really disgusting <laughs> and bitter, <laughs> which is what you were mentioning with the San Pedro, right? Yeah. Um, and so I, I also was exposed to that early on and I was like, man, there's a lot of really bad tasting stuff that I can't imagine anyone else eating. But there's also a whole category of like tasty foods Mm -hmm. and drinks that are like um, almost considered desserts Mm -hmm. um, in in Asian culture that we we would eat and drink. It's like, oh, this is like good for me. And it's also tasty. And so we developed teas based on ingredients in this category Mm -hmm. that are not very well known here. So for example, we're called honey uh, ritual because we use honey red jujubes, Mm -hmm. which is a kind of like red date that is um, widely used in Asian cooking in both savory and sweet. And it's like really tasty. Um, And then when you brew in hot water, it makes this like really like sweet, earthy, caramel-like drink. And that doesn't really have uh, added sugar from... um, Mm -hmm since it's all the sweetness based on only the fruit. So um, that's our core ingredient in our, our tea. And we mix it with, uh, for example, um, I don't know whether you can see this, like I'm drinking the gut health right oh, now, see. which yeah. has the uh, chrysanthemum in there. And the yeah. chrysanthemum is often served in Asian cultures, right? And it's very good for yeah. after you eat greasy <laughs> stuff. Like this is really good for you to settle your stomach, right? Yeah, I remember um, my grandma always so, drinking the chrysanthemum tea. Yeah, with goji. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the red exactly. Tea. Yeah. So we have goji. <laughs> yeah, and one of our products as well. Yeah. So, um, and practically speaking, my co-founder discovered this like market need because yeah. she's highly allergic to caffeine. Oh. So she can't drink anything really um and so um we you know we've tried everything on the market for non-caffeinated drinks and it's not very inspiring it's like how much peppermint and chamomile can you possibly drink in your life right so um, we wanted to bring something new and exciting to the market um and make the packaging really fun and exciting too um so on the podcast, you can't see this. Oh, this is only a model. It's a mini model of our tea box. We make it like, if you go to our website, you can see our logo is like a meditating honey red jujube, you know, to show that it's very yeah. calm and, and also like very playful. Very cute. Yeah. yeah. So each tea comes mm-hmm. with a, a, what we call a uh, ritual, but really it's like a very short poem of something you can think about in the 10 minutes while the tea is brewing. So for example, we have a grounding mm-hmm. exercise where you just like feel your feet where they are. And these are things that they teach in like um, mindfulness practice and then like stress reduction therapy. And mm-hmm. it's sort of like, I, I feel like a lot of times it's not so much like you and I don't know to do these things. It's just that we don't get reminded to do them throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how can we tie it? We need a daily reminder. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like tying it to a tea drinking habit so that um, you can improve both your physical mm-hmm. health through drinking something that's n- nourishing, nutritious, and also your mental health through doing the practice. Yeah, so we're mm-hmm. really excited about our product. Um, it's also available on Amazon too um, if you switch for Honey Ritual Tea. We have a coupon for listeners, so um, if, if you oh, that's, enter, that's um, great. Thank yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, if you go to honeyritual.com and order through there, um, Chiwi twenty, so C H I W I twenty, the number, um, that would give you a twenty percent off discount. Um, if you listen to this podcast and let me know. Uh, are you shipping to Europe or just America only? <laughs> yeah, so that was my one caveat yeah. is um, unfortunately, this oh. is a very US only offer right now. And um, in fact, this is my call for help because yeah. as a new small business owner, I'm realizing the challenges with the pandemic mm-hmm. in shipping to other countries, especially for food products. Yeah. So if you happen to be an expert in this area, please reach, uh, out. reach out to me on yeah. Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
um, at Kristen tweets <laughs> and let me know um, how to be able to overcome this because I would like to be able to offer it internationally. Yeah. I just don't know how right now. Very open to feedback. Yeah, I listen to Tim Ferriss podcast a lot, and he recommends a lot of mm-hmm. good stuff. But uh, they never mm-hmm. shipped to Europe. Not to mention to New Zealand. In New Zealand, I don't even, I can't even get the athletic green. <laughs> but in Europe, I can oh. get it. Yeah. But other products, mm-hmm. is, no, there's some some gap. Yeah. We need some ambitious person to overcome that's a big market gap yeah if we can it shape is yeah really. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah okay for sure that's the <laughs> last question what do you get most excited about your future oh gosh i feel i'm I, ever since write a passage i felt excited every <laughs> single day i feel like there's been like new opportunities like you know from talking to you and like just like later on i'm talking with like um, another member of a write a passage so oh, cool. I, I feel like um um there's just like i'm in a wealth of opportunities right now and for me i'm i'm very much a builder i would say that um i love to make things i'm mm. learning to be excited about distribution I feel like this is like something that um, is a weakness of mine. Like I'm not a big on self-promoting. Um, even coming on this podcast, I'm like, I have to remember to mention my own products because I just might not even relate to it, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. So I feel like that's what I'm excited to learn more about, you know, like to tweet more. And there's like so many things that we've learned from Rite of Passage about balancing yeah. like 50-50, right? Make the thing, tell people about the thing or else no one's going to even know that your thing yeah. exists. So that's really what I'm most excited exactly. about. And I, yeah. yeah. And and so um, I would love to, um, if you're listening to this podcast, to like reach out to me because I just want to get to know more people and understand your perspective right now. Cool. Great. Thank you, Christine, for your time. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely get you back. Then we talk more about our learnings. Maybe next year after you launch your course, I'm very interested. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank cool. you so much. 